What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts today, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello, Hello. Kyle. I cut you off. You weren't even. You cut me off. How rude. <laughs> well, Etiquette terrible 101 now. of podcasts. Oh, Never God. interrupt somebody. Uh, Never I'm doing. talk over anybody like we're doing right now. Ever. Oh, ever. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Don't uh, hey, do it. look. I'm doing all right. I'm playing video games. I'm on I'm on chapter 14 of Like a Dragon, which is called Ooh. Finale. So I think I'm about halfway through the game. Yeah. Is, is what I'm getting at. Because the end, it's always, Yakuza has historically. You want to get to finale part three. Exactly. It's always, it, and it gave it to me like twice now at this point. They're like, by the way, this is going to take a long time. You're not going to be able to save for a long time. So like, make sure you're ready to go from here. And it's just a side quest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think, I think I am almost done with, uh with like a dragon, which is cool. I'm, I'm, I like, I really like that game a lot. I'm really ready to move on to something different. Hell yeah. Uh, we are also joined by Brian Shea. Hello, Brian. Hey, Alex. So happy to be here. Yeah? You look like it. You I am very happy. just overjoyed. Uh, yeah, we're talking... you wouldn't stop giggling before the podcast <laughs> started. <laughs> if they saw the disaster that was happening before we actually got the recording off the ground and running, uh, they would not. They would know I was not giggling. Yeah, he was just like in the corner, you know. <laughs> I think I saw the, just I think super were, excited. I saw his heels like flicking up behind him as he giggled. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, that other voice you heard is who is rounding out the show today, Charles Hart. How you doing, Charles? <laughs> is he? Yep. Shay rubbed off on you. Or, or should I say, he who, as he who. as uh, Jack Frost in Persona series says. I haven't made the it that Shin far. Megami Tensei franchise. I know you're a young Kyle, man. No one, come on. no one's ever heard of that. No one knows what that is. <laughs> um, as far as we yeah. know, that series does not exist. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, at the top, if you want to support Game Informer, just want to shout out that you can go and grab a physical version of our magazine uh, via an individual issue at GameStop.com slash Game Informer. Uh, for $7.99, our Apex Legends issue should be going up soon, if not already up by the time you hear this. Uh, or go check out our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, magazine cover story as well. Um, that's a great way to support us and you know get, get a lot of content as well about games. We love content. Good writing, written features, not content, written features and articles and reports and all that fun stuff. Well, I mentioned the game already, so let's just get started with this one. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Brian, you uh, have played more of this video game. I have. Even even more. You've written about this game a lot over the course of the last <laughs> Wait, year. Hold on, Brian. You went? Did you go on a trip to play it? I did. Because I, I thought you just went exclusively to get photos of yourself with the directors. and <laughs> yeah. That's what the embargo said we could say up until uh, this past Tuesday night when after oh. the state of play, we could give our full impressions of what we played. And uh, I guess in the same line of thinking as I had when I saw the game alongside Alex Van Aken here when we were out in Tokyo visiting Square Enix's headquarters for the cover story, uh, game still slaps. That uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, it's just extremely like an awesome experience. I don't want to get too much into like the story details because we are starting to get pretty close. And I, I think that people are 
getting to the point where they just want to play this game. And that's kind of how I felt emerging from this this gameplay session was like, all right, I, I know that this game, like I, I, I put this in my written preview. If you go to GameInformer.com, you can read the full written preview. But like I've played a lot of this game. I've seen a lot of this game. I've talked about this game a lot. Um, there, there, Nothing is a sure bet, right? Like no video game ever pre-release is like a, a, a sure thing. But like having been doing this for like 15 years plus at this point, like I know that playing pre-release games, like there are games that are like, this looks really great. And there are games that have like just a ton of red flags right off the bat. And like, this is definitely on one side of that spectrum where it's like, okay, this does look like a really, really good game. And like, I would, it's to the point where I would be surprised if this turns out not to at least be pretty darn good, if not great. Yeah. Good. It, it all comes down to the story at this point, right? It's like that's that's the only place they could fumble because every time you've touched it, you've been like, "This feels good," right? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, the the world seems really well put together from what I've played, and uh, yeah, it's it's gotten to the point where I am with the fans, and that like I've seen a lot about this game. I've talked a lot about this game. I'm just ready to play the final product and I'm very excited for that. Um, But yeah, basically it was like, it started off with like the opening, which was kind of like an extended version of the, uh, the Nibelheim Mount Nibel section Mm. that Mm -hmm. uh, people at Tokyo game show played and that we got to experience uh, again at the Square Enix headquarters. And then after that, it kind of dumped me out into uh a town and then into the uh, a small portion of the open world and you know got to catch a chocobo which you can see uh in an episode of new gameplay today on the game informer youtube channel and uh we got to do a lot of just kind of side quests and exploration and you know got to learn a a little bit about some of the stuff that you're going to be able to do like um world intel that uh, Chadley, who was from Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. you, you may remember him. Uh, Chadley, Frickin you get to Chadley. do some more stuff for him. <laughs> um, you also like so one of the things that I did was like I found a a sanctuary, which is like where some of the summons, like it's like a, a sanctuary devoted to them, and you can go and analyze and learn more about those creatures in order to strengthen your summons. And so I found a Titan sanctuary, and you have to do like a little like timing based slash memory based mini game where it's like it's like a a circle appears and like it it, like a little like clock hand goes around and it beeps at certain points and you have to push x on those points but then when it goes around the second time when you actually have to push the buttons those icons disappear so it's like you have to remember exactly where you're pressing the button um in order to pass that mini game and like just the first one that i did i was just like oh this this could get a little complicated later on if like this first one was just like pretty simple but still i'm like okay this 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 one might be a little tricky um but yeah like it's just kind of getting to know the world getting to know the characters uh there was a boss fight at the end of the demo but i ended up not making it to that part because i was too busy exploring a lot in in the uh the open world so i had to relinquish the controller before getting to the boss fight but uh yeah i'm feeling extremely confident the the combat still feels amazing I really enjoy like the synergy abilities that uh, you can unlock and use with the characters if you use like enough ATB attacks in the uh, in a battle with like multiple characters. So like if you want to do Cloud and Aerith's synergy ability, you have to do like 
I think it's like three ATB attacks with Cloud and three ATB attacks with Aerith. And then that will mean that like you filled the bar for both of those characters. You can use a synergy ability with them. Um, and those are usually really fun cinematic attacks. They have a, a wide range of different abilities that you can and like effects that you can unleash in those. So those are kind of like really geared towards like the longer fights, because if you're out there in the, the, the wilds and you just encounter like some low level enemies, you're going to slash through them before you're able to do enough of the, the ATB attacks that would allow you to unlock the synergy ability. But like, I would imagine in like a boss fight that those would come in real handy uh, for kind of evening the odds a little bit. And also, you know, diversifying the combat a little bit. So I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to say too much more. Uh, there, there are kind of like these, uh, I don't want to call them like Ubisoft towers that you can unlock, but like they, they're like, they are these towers that you go over and like, you have to like, activate them and then it, it just shows you like icons nearby of like here's some stuff you can do in this area and it's like kind of like a, a, a small diameter or a small radius that it will activate and uh show like oh there's like a a world intel activity over here if you feel so inclined or you know here's the main quest that you're supposed to be on so so it does sound like a ubisoft tower. it does but like <laughs> thankfully it doesn't seem like it's as like okay you have to climb up to the top like it's literally just at the bottom of the tower sometimes there's enemies around it it's but kind of like, running by you just go past it you you activate the terminal and then you're good to go like you don't have to worry about climbing it as far as i've seen i've only encountered a couple of these towers um in the the world but yeah um, i'm feeling pretty confident about this one and uh yeah, I'm, I'm just ready to play it at this point. I, I made the, the the comparison to, like, I'm at the point in, like, talking about this game where it's, like, I, I had, like, a wet washcloth and I've just wrung it out. <laughs> and I'm at the point where it's, like, okay, you're just squeezing it even harder and, like, only little drops are coming out at first. And that is, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with this for, like, in terms of, like, I, I've, I've said all I can say about this game. Uh, I'm just ready to play the final version. And then say more after that. <laughs> I refuse. I won't be able to escape. Yeah, someone else is on the review other than Brian. So yeah, he can yeah. get a little reprieve. Yes. Yeah. I, I did That's a lot That's actually of the, the name coverage. of the third game in that series. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. It is. A reprieve. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, it's actually it's... not a terrible conclusion title for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I still think it should be reloaded. <laughs> Personally. I did ask... Uh, I did ask Hamaguchi if Reloaded was the name, and he laughed and said no. But he also said he he admits that he does not know it what the final title is because Nomura is the only one who knows apparently. Resurrection. Oh, there you go. I'm just going off Matrix titles. Um, have they? This this is something I don't think you know the answer to, Brian. Have they said it's going to be three? Do we even know that, or is it going to be four titles? Uh, yeah, it's going to be three. Like it's going that. to be three. Okay. I mean, Crisis Core, if you count that, then I guess it's four. But nah, that doesn't. But that's not no. part of the canon either, no. right? Yeah. 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 I was just so curious. People yeah. are very upset that I implied that it's not part of the canon. Uh, in well, the... <laughs> well, look, that's it is and it isn't, right? Because this is like a new canon, but it does seem to acknowledge the original canon. So, like, but these are these are questions we just can't answer we don't know you know <laughs> only nomura knows and even after we beat rebirth we're gonna be we're still not gonna be sure because that's just <laughs> the nature of these games and nomura's <laughs> storytelling yeah well um you know we've all been playing suicide squad we talked about it last week uh marcus and kyle um you guys checked it out early and kind of shared your early impressions uh but i think all of us on this call have now played it um, to some extent 
So Charles, I'm going to go to you. Uh, I want to hear what you think about this game. What do I think about this game? I have perhaps never been more conflicted about a video game <laughs> in in such specific yeah. elements of like, I feel like sometimes there's games where it's like, I want to like this, but there's something holding me back in the combat. Like I want to like the combat, but there's something in the combat that's, like, that's pulling me back. Or I want to like, the storytelling but something the story that's pulling me back i feel like i'm like fine with the story at least where i'm at i'm like maybe five or six hours in um i beat like one of the the first major boss i think i'm like okay with that i don't think i'm like in love with it but that's the part where i'm like this is fine if this is the whole game would be fine the I, it's just so boring <laughs> i just feel like all all the shooting i like I actively want to not do any of these missions because they drive me crazy of how, like, I feel like I just did this. I feel like I've, I'm just going to go in and play the same mission over and over. Going to another rooftop. And, yeah. There's so yeah. much context for, like, this time we're going to collect this thing from the enemy so we can put it here so that we can, you know, activate the yada yada. It's like, but we're doing we're attacking waves of enemy in the one area. Yeah, right? it's like well, yeah, but but I described it differently this time. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole thing where like you unlock contracts, which are like little achievements you have for a limited period of time. And I had to like look up. I was like, wait, why am I doing this? Not not story wise, mechanically. What is the purpose of this? It's like, well, you get yellow dots, you get purple squares, you get blue circles. And I was like, what are those? They never told me what those were. And then like only later did I unlock like places to spend that stuff. But it's all like this. It's not a type of game I usually play. And I'm really only in this because I like the Arkham game so much. But yeah, it's it's a conflicted time. Yeah, it's it, it does have the problem of what I was concerned about when I came on this podcast talking about my extended preview that I did a couple months ago, where every mission just feels the same no matter like what you're doing it's like they they try to dress it up in different ways but at the end of the day you're going to point of interest and fending off waves of enemies and like going from rooftop to rooftop and there's like different dialogue stuff that pops up that like as somebody who like charles loves the arkham games that's sometimes interesting to be like oh that's what's been going on in this world since the past five years or whatever it is in game but like man, do I, I'm there purely for the story at this point. And even that's like a, a tenuous attraction for me at this point, because like, I just want to go back and play like Arkham City or Arkham Knight or something instead, yeah. because I, I just, mm, I, like, I, the, I, I wish they just would have done like a single player game is what it boils down to. I like, I'm with you guys. I'm like, I'm, I'm, the story is why I'm there, but it's telling that the most excited I've been about like a plot point and i don't know if this even counts as a plot point is walking through the offices of the daily planet there was a newspaper on the wall that said like demon bat sighted in the city and it kind of had like what you what would basically like a screenshot from arkham knight and i was like "Ooh, what does that mean that's that's cool and that was like that was the most exciting i've probably been did you like, do the museum kyle uh, yeah i talked to all that stuff but it, the because like Arkham has always been so good at putting at like seeding things, uh, like in the background and on walls, of like, ooh, what does that mean? Like, what what is this connected to? And it was just one of those moments that was a reminder of like, this is an Arkham Knight sequel. Don't forget, you know. And it's like I just, yeah, I just would have 
so much rather had a story focused single player game in that world. <laughs> it's such an insane thing to me that like to call this like a sequel to the Arkham series because like it yes it is. It is. It is. It is. But it's such like a weird thing that's like being like, yeah, like, I don't know, Halo Wars is a sequel to Halo Combat Evolved, or maybe it's a prequel. I don't even know the timeline at this point, but it's like just such a different experience. It's hard to, like, I don't know, like it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. What about I, you, I think when I look at this game, I, I've been thinking of a lot about this game and there's like been, of course, discourse and all of that. I think like when I, when I think about this game, let me mute my my a whistle phone, sorry it's yeah my my friend's texting me my notes on the fly so i know what <laughs> here's what i need you to say about your yeah i think like if if i had worked on this game i would be proud of the final product like i think there are like genuinely like some really cool things about this game that like you know whether it's you know i think the character design is really great i think the movement systems are like cool ideas and like bfx all that like i think the individual parts of this game are like are worth being proud of like as a game developer i think um it's te- it's technically you know, very impressive yes yeah yeah like i i think where it kind of loses me personally is kind of like the di- the direction i mean we've, we've talked about that to death but like the individual parts are like yeah like i would be super proud if i was you know part of this team and i put this out like i would be so so excited and it's been cool to see like you know people on twitter some of them this is their first game they've shipped that kind of thing. So I like thinking about those people when I like talk about this game and, you know, it's never fun to, to, you know, not like a game, right? Like, I think we all want to enjoy the games that we're playing. And I think for me, it's just like the direction of the game. I think there's like, when you talk about like the three C's of, of game design, uh, character controls camera, like this game does character really well, I think. Um, and then fumbles on both, like re- really like the controls for me. I, I, I don't enjoy them like switching between like the bumpers and you have to remember like, well, this one will send you forward. This one will send you upward. And then, oh, yeah. you know, and like, it just feels, it feels clunky. Are I think you playing like, as King shark. Yeah. King shark. Yeah. And then I've, I've messed with, uh, um, uh, the, captain boomerang, the forward well. and upward confusion. Cause that's King shark. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the movement and traversal feels like such a miss for me. I like, think it's, it's also really convoluted. That's, that's the highlight for me. Like that, I think is the. I mean, best maybe part. if you're able to focus on just one character, it can be. But like they each are like vaguely similar in the way they control, but just enough that it's like, all right, I've been playing Harley Quinn for the last three hours. Now I want to try Captain Boomerang, and it's like, oh wait, so I have to use this button combination to do this, and but like they're. Their midair reset happens in this way instead of this way. And how do I like thrust forward and get like that extra little like juice squeezed out of that like one airborne move that I did? And then you go to King Shark and it's like, okay, well, I have to do this to go up and this to go forward and this to like, I, and I can swim in the middle of the air. And it's like, I, I think I would feel better if it was just like one uniformed control scheme across them, even though they're trying to make these characters feel distinct. And also, like, I told the developers this when I was at the uh, the the preview event. I was like, "It's rough going from playing Spider Man two to playing as Harley Quinn and swinging <laughs> in this way." Like when I'm used to playing as like Spider Man and just like swinging seamlessly from building to building, and this it's like, all right, you, you got to wait for your thing to recharge, and then you swing, can go back to then the... fall a bunch, and yeah. right before you hit the ground, you can you'll have time to press it again. 
but oh then you can kind of grapple it and all of that is like not even bringing in the context the fact that you can just hold a button and run a run up every single building run yeah. around the side of it seamlessly with no no there's no stamina bar there's no like oh well, you have to kind of jump in between to like refresh your you know your um the 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 movement options you have it's just you can literally run up and down the side of buildings and it's like why why am i going to why i'm going to do this because you know i want to like try to have fun so like yeah i'm going to try to engage in these systems but like the efficient way of getting around this map you know in certain areas is just just run up the side of it and you know you, you don't even have to like worry about your your powers um, and and I, I, that's a good thing to me like I don't want sure. a stamina bar on running. I, I, I there oh, is. Oh, I do. There. Oh no, God. Would you, I feel like you don't have it with Spider Man. <laughs> I would like, rather well, have I, no stamina. I haven't bar. played. Sp I haven't played Spider Man. Oh, okay. I would rather have no stamina yeah. bar in the swinging than add a stamina bar to the running up the walls because, like, that's the biggest hitch for me. It's like I can't get into like the groove that I want to get into when I'm going. Yeah, from that's kind of what area. I'm saying. Sure. One is so free and one is so strict. Yeah, and like I and to I be think clear, the fun one should. I think they should be swapped. Sure, I get that. Like, you, it's more fun to jump as King Shark than it is to just kind of magnetize to the side of the wall, you're saying. Yeah, so and one of them, the yeah. magnetize the wall, is the one that has no limits. And the one that's, like, really cool is the one that has, like, limits in place. And it's like, well, what if we swapped those, you know? I think kind of speaks to, like, the design error in this game to me of... Uh, the stuff we talk about when we talk about this game is like the guns and the traversal. And to me, when I think of like the Suicide Squad as a brand, there's a lot of stuff that makes it interesting. But I'm not like, oh, man, I love to play as Harley Quinn because I want to swing from a bat drone occasionally. Or like, oh, the thing that makes Deadshot cool is that he has a jetpack. Like those are the big selling points for the game. But it's kind of like that it doesn't line up with what I think when I think of the characters versus like the Arkham games, which what made them so like revolutionary to me is it's like what makes batman so cool he's a really skilled hand-to-hand -hand combat he's really terrifying if you're in like he's a rich space with him he's rich so you have all his money and then uh like he's a detective so there's all this like mystery and storytelling in, in in that space of it so i think that's what makes this game so odd to me is that like on paper each of these elements like i don't i don't dislike the traversal i just it's so it's such a part of the game. I feel like I need to have an opinion on it. Whereas like I don't really talk about the gliding in the Arkham games because like it's good, but that's not why I'm playing the game, you know? Yeah, I, I will say that I, I do want to call out that once you are used to the, the traversal, like I've finally I feel like I'm starting to get the hang of Harley Quinn's traversal. Like once you start like stringing together, like all right, you land, and then if you if you press like the stick in right when you land, you do like a cool slide, and then burst off that, and then swing, and then grapple up to a ledge and then repeat that process like you do get into like a really cool flow state but it just still feels kind of cumbersome and convoluted to like just do the cool thing you know sure yeah i did i wanted to share something similar just to like throw in some positivity because i the more i play the more i'm kind of like leaning on the positive side of things like i was i didn't know where i was last week and then i wrote uh, uh an opinion piece for the site that was like i don't know how i feel about this game and i'm starting to tip towards the positive and a lot of that is sticking with one character i've been pri i i've i've been switching back and forth you know if i'm going to switch between harley quinn and deadshot but i do i have found the rhythm with harley quinn of like swing um double jump 
slide on a rooftop, jump back into the air, uh, grapple to the you know from a ceiling, and then hit X right as you hit the ledge to jump further. But like you do have to find it and you do have to practice it. So it's like even I I it like if you are struggling initially, like I I I was there, and that is absolutely the case. And it's like I hate that sort of recommendation of like oh you know. It doesn't get good until four hours in, you know, like that always drives me crazy because it's like it should be fun from the first second. But um, I I have gotten a point with a few of the characters, at least Captain Boomerang, I'm still having a really hard time with. But with Harley and Deadshot in particular, I am moving through the city at a pace that I really like that I would not put on par with Spider-Man, which is the best city traversal ever, period. But like I do hit some of that sort of flow and that comboing sometimes that I, that I like. But then you know, it, the the combat is like hit and miss. You know? The combat, the <laughs> the fact that you know, this is like a, a third person shooter. Every character feels the same in terms of like their shooting, right? But like the fact that yeah. it's like, I mean, for the most part, yeah, like, I, I see what you're of saying. Of course, yeah, there's like yeah. little differences. It's it's you know? basically like, the different guns actually are a lot different than the than the characters, right? Is, mm-hmm. is what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah, but like none of those guns, I like the fact that like when I'm shooting you know, this, this machine gun or, or this sniper rifle that recoil is almost non-existent. There's like very little, if any camera shake, like the feedback that I'm getting from using these guns, like the thing, the little details that go into making a good shooter like that just aren't here. Uh, and it just ends up feeling like flat. And the fact that that's like one of the main parts of this game, I think I would be okay with it if it be, be okay with it being you know this kind of wave-based shooter in some areas if the the gunplay felt really really good yeah Uh, and it it just doesn't um and that's probably one of the bigger parts of the game that that does doesn't you know work for me personally sure i mean it's a big part of it yeah yeah i just it just sucks that like that is the core gameplay of of this game and it's like, God, you guys nailed it with the Arkham games. Like, absolutely could not have done it better to the point that everybody was copying them. And now it feels like, I don't know, it just feels like they, they started over from square one and they didn't come anywhere near to as successful as they were in the games that this is the direct sequel to. Do you guys, uh, do you ever play that Guardians of the Galaxy game? Yeah. yeah. I saw A someone mention like that the other day and I was like, that's what I want. I wanted this to be the more Ooh, I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Of like, it's, I don't know. I guess the combat wouldn't have to be the same, but just like the spirit of everything. That was more of what, what I think that rock city could do. Really yeah. Well. Cause it's interesting. I did not, I like gardens of galaxy a lot. I think it's a really good game, but it comes down to like this, the story and like was, I, I there were moments where I was getting emotional uh, at the end of gardens of the galaxy for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, I didn't even think to compare them, but it is a group of sort of like idiots, you know, going on an adventure <laughs> together. Uh, uh, King Shark is, is like verbatim Drax from the MCU. He really that is. One thing that kind of bothers me where I was like, is he, I feel this, like I know this character. He predates Drax though, probably because so often, right. I mean, I'm, I, I'm guessing none of us are DC experts, but there's so many characters that are like, mar- that are Marvel characters that are like ah, oh, this the DC character just feels like a rip off of rip off of that, and you're like, well, yeah, the oh, DC sure. actually did it first, you know, because everyone's like, Darkseid is just a rip off of Thanos. It's like, 
Thanos is a ripoff of Darkseid, everybody, <laughs> right? Like, there's a lot of DC stuff like that, and I wonder if King Shark is another example of that, you know, of that archetype. Um, the, the, the comparison that I think that is the weirdest to me, and one that I've been struggling with a lot, has been versus Marvel's Avengers. Like, you know, both live service games, both, like, multiple characters that have different traversal mechanisms... And uh, both were met with a lot of resistance in terms of like, why did you structure this game this way instead of doing the thing that we like? And I'm like, all right, what is better? That Like, that's been the thing in my head because like, I think I like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League better than the multiplayer of Marvel's Avengers, which was the thing that like Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix were like, this is the thing that people stick around for and grind every single day to unlock a new costume. And then, like, nobody wanted to because it wasn't engaging and it was repetitive. I like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League's singular mode more than the multiplayer of Marvel's Avengers. But the single-player campaign of Marvel's Avengers, I think, blows Suicide Squad out of the water. Like, I I think that the single-player campaign, where it's actually curated experiences and curated missions, and even though they didn't really stick the landing on, like, some of the gameplay and everything in Avengers... The 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 more directed, uh, more straightforward mission structure really plays in their favor. Whereas like Suicide Squad just feels so unfocused and open ended, and like yeah, go do this thing if you want, and then like you're gonna just be existing in this same environment over and over again and going doing the same mission types. And I think it could have benefited. And I know that there are boss fights and everything that are like much more handcrafted than the kind of nebulous structure of most of the main missions and side missions. But I think that if the entire game was built in the way that the single player campaign of Marvel's Avengers was, I would enjoy Suicide Squad much more. And I was hopeful for that. I was hopeful that like, oh, well, since this is the only mode and they say you can play it in single player, maybe it'll be just like what I did like about Marvel's Avengers. But unfortunately, I haven't gotten to much in the way of that. And I mean, I have played one of the boss battles and it was kind of closer to that and one of the the lead up missions to that boss battle uh but it just feels like there's too much fluff in between those really good moments uh marcus and i did actually we talked about that last week brian and uh we're 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 a little more stronger on the opinion than you here but like at least marcus and me were like this is so much better than marvel <laughs> way i i did not like that marvel's avengers game at all not even uh, the single player stuff no i no i i fell off after like a few missions i was like this is not working for well, me kyle you have to play for four hours before it gets good oh is that right? <laughs> no no i, I think it's by the way by i'm not i'm not trying to hours. discount your opinion you actually you played a lot more marvel's avengers than me but it's funny in contrast to to marcus and i's discussion last week because both he and i just happened to be like oh well yeah we have our our issues with suicide squad we'll take this over marvel like <laughs> like yeah, handle kyle like, maybe no go maybe go on the playstation store search up marvel's avengers and you can buy it now and then give it another <laughs> shot oh i got i you have it i own it it's probably play... on my hard drive that was a joke that was a joke play that it's city of heroes go play dcuo mm-hmm. that's the other thing it's like kicking someone while they just don't even exist anymore <laughs> <laughs> kicking Sorry, someone's marvel. headstone but maybe it's just a lesson that, like, this isn't what anybody wants from superhero games, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we, you know why superheroes are cool? Because they have cool powers and cool stories. 
um we don't really need to sort of repeat their missions over and over while online with with friends <laughs> like that's not what we really want from the genre yeah like that's the thing that both of these games in particular marvel's avengers struggled with is like it's literally earth's mightiest heroes and like you're fighting a guy with a shield for like three minutes because <laughs> you're just not like you're you're thor with mjolnir and you're swinging your hammer and like a a, a normal sh- soldier with a shield is like ha can't hit me yeah and it's like what, what are we doing here like let's let's make these superheroes feel powerful again and like that's why spider-man is the superior game and i mean arkham as well like those, yeah, those yeah. are those are the two best superhero game franchises of all time because they make you feel powerful and then like the struggle happens when either you're like overwhelmed by superior numbers or you're fighting another super powered person. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean I I just the the movement of the Suicide Squad is, is because I really like interesting movement in games. It's like a it's a big selling point for me. If it if it's cool to move around, then that's just going to win me over. Um just just based on what I like, which is why I think it immediately appealed to me more than uh, Marvel's is because it just felt like you were walking around in levels where here I'm like jumping off roofs and swinging around and like entering. What's that flash shit called <laughs> where you like enter the, the time force? force or whatever? Speed force. Speed force. Thank you. I knew what it was. I, of course, I know the speed force, uh, but entering the speed force as Captain Boomerang is, is just a lot. It's just interesting and weird and, and fast, which is cool. We've kind of alluded to it, but I will say if anyone's, trying to get into this game i i do think like on the note of traversal just pick a character i feel like the game there's stuff where it's like this this character will get boosted xp if you do this mission right now but i found like so much more success of just like i'm just gonna pick this character and focus on them i think the idea probably if you're playing this multiplayer is that you have someone being each character and then the xp bonuses was balance out because everyone gets like a different one each mission but if you're doing single player, uh, or, uh, Alex, who are you playing as? It sounds like all the three of us picked Harley Quinn that we liked. Yeah, Probably I thought uh, King Shark and Captain Boomerang, I thought were the most interesting. Okay. Yeah, cool. I started with Boomerang because I was like trying to be a hipster and I was like, this guy's different. I, he's no, I've never played I, a game where character moves like this and I was like, this guy's hard to use. <laughs> I like his combos and how like he can teleport upwards yes. and then you, you continue to throw it. Like I, that guy feels very cool when you get it right yeah he's also my favorite character in the game of just the the most confident and the most stupid like he is (laughs) he's like we've talked about a number of times that he's like an early contender for biggest dork you know at at the end of the year but like i just confident idiot is like a a sitcom (laughs) character that i just love you know like you always love you know he's basically michael scott except a super villain which is like (laughs) fantastic someone photoshopped that (laughs) Yeah. Well, if it's okay, if we shift gears and rewind the clock, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid for the first time. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Knowing my taste, I tweeted this out like this is the most egregious oversight in my backlog, knowing my tastes in games. And, uh, you know, that that collection came out in what, like October, September, something like that. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, wait. Alex, we did a new gameplay today on that, right? We did, yeah. Did I? Someone will have to go check the tape, but I bet I was like, "You're not going to play this," right? I bet I was like adamant <laughs> yeah. of you were like that. You were like, "Oh, I'm going to check this out." I've always wanted to play Metal Gear, and I was probably like, yeah. "You're not going to play this. Don't, don't, don't make that promise." And here I am, looking like a fool because you're playing Metal yeah. Gear Solid. 
I kept, I kept my promise. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, did you start from one? Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Start okay. with Metal Gear Solid. I really, really like it. I, I love it. I think. Wow. Um, all right. Despite like, all, it's those feelings mixed with like, I'm trying to like really appreciate this game from what it would be like when it first came out and like kind of putting myself in that mindset. And it's just, it's so impressive. I think the act of playing Metal Gear Solid in 2023, there are like some, some headaches um, with like, for instance, the 140.15 codec code for um, uh, the girl, the back of the oh, box. Girl. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't have a physical box yeah. and they've included like an online version, like a, a digital version of the box. But like you, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah. Like it's it, a- this is my favorite example of that, right? I have the the PlayStation Mini, right, yeah. from a couple of years ago. And on the back of the box, they have screenshots from every game. That's like, look how cool these games are. But yeah. for Metal Gear, they have to have the codec. They couldn't put a cool oh, Metal yeah. Gear Solid shot. They had to put the stupid. Like, if you're looking at this, if you've never played these games, you're like, oh, this looks cool. This... But then Metal Gear just looks like two green talking heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I, yeah, I don't have Brian the Charles. Version. Do you guys know what we're talking about? I've never I, played the original Metal Gear Solid. So no. okay, real quick. Okay, the, you yeah. there's there's you have to call somebody. It's a puzzle. You have to get in touch with a character, and the game pushes you to look at the back of the box. And one of the screenshots and, on the back of the box gives you the codec number to call the character that you need to call. But you are you were right before that you are given an in-game like disc by the same character. And, you know, the, the puzzles, you're like, well, it's got to be this disc that I have in my inventory, like this MO drive or whatever it's called. How do I look at the back of it? Like, I'm looking, I'm like pressing every button. I spent like 10 minutes doing it. I'm like, am, am I bugged out? Is there something wrong? So I Google it. And I'm like, I, and it's like, you have to look at the back of the box, the back of the CD case, like the, the CD case, the game came in. And I was like, that would have been really cool in 1998. I don't have the <laughs> CD case because it's a digital game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people pointed out, I tweeted about that. People pointed out like, well, there's a digital version of the CD case in the menus. And I'm like, okay, uh, I, yeah, you wouldn't how, how would I know that? So uh, this is, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but how does the Psycho Mantis thing work? In- yeah, I know about the Psycho Mantis thing. I think there's another way to, to do that. Because like, fight, I believe. yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's very, that's a good question. Yeah, I guess the whole I, memory card thing. It probably won't do the memory card thing. Gosh, I'm, I don't want to spoil it for you if you don't know how to beat yeah. Psycho yeah. Mantis. I don't, yeah. But it might, it would be, it'll be weird. I'm not sure how you That's do what it I meant PS5. by, it. Yeah, how, yeah, how do you, how do you actually do that encounter? Yeah. Um, Alex, can I ask, do you think I should play this game? Because I'm, I'm weirdly interested as someone who I think you should, like knowing you, stuff. there, I mean, there is a lot of things in this game that I'm like, oof. Like this line that Snake just said is crazy. <laughs> um, in twenty twenty four, offensive. I wouldn't say offensive. I mean, he hits like... on Mei Ling a lot, right? Does that get gross? Yeah, at but all? that feels consensual. They're okay. both kind of hitting on each other. Okay, and, okay. I, and same thing. Like everybody he hits on seems to hit on him back. They do. It's they do like start very... it. They're like, "Oh, Snake, you're so handsome." Yeah, it's a very uh, horn dog game. Oh, yeah. I, I think. Um, <laughs> But there is at one point in time a character goes, "I'll be a good girl for you, Snake," and I'm like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah, but in and like the, in the late nineties, like, like, we were like, "Whoa!" 
<laughs> yeah, and Snake's like, be a good girl for me. And then like oh, God. three lines of dialogue later, she's like, don't worry, Snake, I'm going to be a good girl. And I'm like, uh, okay, man, Co- what's much. going on here? So yeah, uh, Charles, uh, you should... You should. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you, you I think the game rules, mind. though. Yeah. The game is, is awesome. Like, well, especially when you view it in that context of like, man, this is, you know, almost, you know, what, 25 years old, something like that. And the production value and just like the... Obviously, this made by a ton of people, but like it feels so singular in its vision, and it's just like this pulp espionage experience, and very clearly wants to be a movie in some ways. Um, A Kojima game, yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) There it started, but like some, I love how it how it you know gives you hints at like, I mean, like the back of the CD case thing is like an exam, an extreme example of that, like. It's telling you in plain sight, like where to get the answer for this. And you have to like, one of the characters will tell you like, if you're stuck, just think simpler. Uh, and it's, it's like, oh yeah, they told me to back the CD case. Okay. Yeah. That's very simple. There's a lot of that kind of philosophy in this game and like the ways that you uh, fight bosses or take down. So for context, I have beaten three bosses. I just beat uh cyborg ninja for the first time. Okay. So you've met Otacon then? Yeah, okay. yeah, I've met Otacon. He peed his pants um, for you. Yeah, he peed his pants on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and he just went invisible, and now like I saved my game after that. Nice. The cyborg fight, by the way, I was so angry, because when you beat him, when you get his health bar down to zero, he doesn't die, and he starts like emitting electronic like damage and teleporting all over the place. And the first time, I beat him on a sliver of health, and I was like standing over him. And he shoots out his his electroshock, and I die. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" It felt uh. like a Dark Souls boss, <laughs> uh, like when the monkey goes down in like Sekiro, and he comes back. Uh, that's what it felt like. But there's like genuinely like this game's like very unsettling. I'm not looking forward to Psychomantis because every time I see Psychomantis, uh, and it seems like maybe Psychomantis is working, is like controlling uh, the cyborg ninja guy, maybe Gray Fox. Or, I'm not making I'm any not, facial expressions. You're, don't look at me. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the game, though. It's really cool. That that really uh, warms my heart. Like, I, I'm happy and I've to only, hear that. And the only time I've had to look up a hint was, like, with that back-of-the-box thing. Nice. No, that's that's great that you're, like, trying to play it as, like, as not, not like, I'm always, like, encouraging of, like, if there's, like, you know, save states and stuff like that. Like, play the game however it makes it fun, right? I'm not. That I'm is not gonna... one of my beefs with the game. Oh, what? Saving? The save system. Oh, <laughs> And the fact that like, if you like, if, I was in a, I was in like the first hangar inside of this takes place in, I'm on shadow Moses, right? Yes. So the first hangar that you get to in shadow Moses, where like you find the suppressor, you find the thermal goggles, you find the cardboard box. I would save after getting those items and then I would run out and I would get caught on accident. And then it would restart me at the start of that hangar when I hadn't collected any of the weapons. Oh, even though I'd save because right. it loads, you have to exit the room and then it will save you like the state of the room. Um, but if you leave, if you die before you exit the room, then I reverse you at the start of that room. Um, and I think that that's like a really, that's I mean, probably I'm a playing the game on its own time, term. you know, yeah, it's like you're not, you're not so. actually saving this exact moment. You're, yeah, you're like saving this room. You're calling Mei Ling to be like, hey, let's remember my last checkpoint, kind of. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Uh, instead of like when I start the game, I'm going to be in this exact spot. It is Mei Ling, right? That's her name. Yeah, it's Mei Ling. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm really enjoying the game. I've been it plays great on Steam Deck. I've heard that maybe MGS3 does not play great on Steam in general. Oh really? But I'm playing it on Steam Deck and PC, kind of switching between the two, and it runs great. And that's great, man. I'm at the point like when I beat this game, I'm at the point I'm gonna buy a physical copy of it. Um, Oh wow! Just like have on my shelf. Yeah. Because I, I have a PS2 and stuff and PS1. I'm like, I want to own this game, uh, like the real version. It is it is a series, like plural, like that I do revisit. I'm not a big revisitor of games, but every couple of years, like I'll play the first two or three hours of Metal Gear Solid 2 or like most recently, I think like two or three years ago, I I like pulled my PlayStation 3 out of, you know, the closet or whatever to play Metal Gear Solid 4. Because that's like the one that I've replayed the least, but um, yeah, I and Charles and Alex, you can answer this better than I can now because I am biased and I played Metal Gear Solid in like 2002, so I was like pretty close to its like Metal Gear Solid Two had not come out yet or was just about to, but um, like I I I, I the story I think like stands up to time. Like I think the story is still good and interesting and engaging. It um, is, yeah, yeah. Because they like they it, recorded so much dialogue and optional conversation, and like the characterization is so good and the voice acting is so good. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, people... it's very pulp. Like, yeah, everyone oh yeah, is a yeah. caricature. It's anime. It's it's just yeah, it is anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, but there's a reason people were upset when David Hayter got recast because like he was so great at being Solid Snake. You know, I I yeah. I miss him. That rem- that that reminds me every single time of like how hilarious that was like behind the scenes of like because this was like around the time when they were starting to kind of like push Kojima out of Konami and I remember they were like well we got Kiefer Sutherland to be the the voice and likeness of Snake in Metal Gear Solid Five well not likeness, and then like to be clear, well I guess yeah the the voice yeah, and then they were like yeah. the longer it went on and like the more like problems there were between Kojima and Konami like it shifted very abruptly to. He's a mostly silent protagonist now. <laughs> it's like we can't afford Keeper Sutherland anymore. Well, yeah, that's there's a they have talked to them about that, and his response has always been like, "No, that's that was always our plan," you know, like. But well, yeah, yeah who knows? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, we went out and we recast the the much cheaper voice actor who's always been this character yeah. with a Hollywood probably. A slash B tier star, right. especially at that time, and now we're gonna make him talk less. That that makes and a look, lot of sense, especially amidst all this conflict between the creator and the uh, and the publisher. I I'm maybe 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 earmuffs Alex, um, but I'm not gonna spoil anything major or anything about Metal Gear Solid Five. But let me. Oh, I can't deafen because you won't appear in the dis- in the video recording. All, all I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say, is David Hayter could have been in Metal Gear Solid Five, and it would have been fine for a million different reasons. <laughs> oh, that doesn't tell me anything. exactly. <laughs> if you know, you know. But if you don't know, then you don't know, and you're, you're and you live your happy little life. Okay. I think what I really like about this game is all the games are like reasonable runtimes. it's not like like i'm like getting into like the persona series and i have to go through 400 hour 500 hours of content to get caught up it's like they're like 10 to 20 hours each like that is great except for five i think five probably well five Five i'm I'm, 
Five is long. I think it's like 40 to 50 hours. Yeah. I actually played the first few hours of five back in 2015. Okay. But I had no context for what was going on. But I like I love like immersive sims and stealth games. I was like, I'm going to play this game. Uh, I And I fell off because of uh, maybe The Witcher came out. I, I don't remember. But Char- Charles, you were asking earlier. I, I think you it would be worth playing. I think you just put it on easy. Right, like don't don't even don't push. Yourself. I'm not playing. I don't. I don't. I think I'm playing on normal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I because th- I I find when I I've go, died a lot. When I've I go back to revisit like PlayStation One games, I like to bump them down the difficulty just so I can make it through them without too much of it. Like we we replayed Dino Crisis a couple like last year, me and Marcus for Super Replay, and I was like, I'm playing this on easy. We <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not fighting T Rex twenty times. I think in I'm a gonna row, start you know? that when I get to two, two because I well, do my. Two is like two holds up well in the sense of like oh, I don't think okay. you'll hit too many pain points with two. Where okay. a play, where a PlayStation One game, I think it's a little harder to go back to. Dude, but... directing that missile through the smoke in that one area oh, I think when I you get the nan- yeah. the nano launcher, yeah. And oh god, it feels awful. <laughs> like I... how you have it like speeds up at like bullet speed. And I I, I kind of I figured it out by the end, but I was like, this hasn't aged well. <laughs> um, but like a cool, a cool idea. I learned recently that there's a fight um, that you'll get to later, Alex, where it's important to know the left and right of the audio, um, oh, okay. where it's like you can hear if something's coming to the right, that'll help you be successful. And oh, it, that kind of helped me with, um, with the cyborg guy. Okay. He was invisible. But apparently if you were, as I think I was when I played it in 2001, if you were playing on a mono TV, because uh-huh. stereo was still somewhat new at that point, like you'll call Colonel Campbell and he will like make fun of you for like not having a stereo TV and just being like, "Well, good luck." <laughs> That's wow. awesome. He's like, "Yeah, you listen, Snake. You know, if, like, pay attention to where the the stuff is coming from." And it, and if you just keep calling, he'll be like, "Do you not have a stereo TV? You're playing this on mono." Oof. Well, all right. You know, I hope you're. I hope you can do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is like, I love that kind of stuff. Which Metal Gear is full of that, where it's like slightly breaking the fourth wall. Two does it the yeah. best. I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited about Metal Gear now. Two is like the <laughs> best example across all of media, television, books, you know, movies. That's like we're gonna play within the medium that you're playing this video game on, and we're gonna mess with your sort of mind and like acknowledge what you're doing in this moment in in the field of video game. It's the best thing ever, man. Metal Gear Solid Two is a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. It would be very funny to me if like if you were playing doing the psycho mantis uh sequence on uh steam and he starts digging into like your browser history (laughs) (laughs) what's this questionable link snake Uh, oh so that's what you're into on uh (laughs) for twin snakes uh the gamecube remake of metal gear solid one he'll he'll look at your smash brothers save file and like eternal darkness was another one that he would comment on i think I remember what the other ones were oh mario sunshine i think he would call out if you had something for that that's super cool yeah, I, I'm really loving it. I my plan is to play one, two, three, four, five, and just go through them. Sweet. Oh, good luck finding four. Like you have to get a PS3. Yeah, in order I have to, one. Okay. I have one because yeah. I, I, I'm probably gonna wait until I'm, what I'm assuming is it's gonna be on Master Collection Volume Two when whenever that is. Because like I know that's been a big roadblock for Konami is that like that game was developed very specifically for the PS3. And as has emerged in the time since the PS3 came out, uh, porting games that were designed with that engine and that that architecture in mind have not been very easily ported to future generations. So 
uh, I, hopefully they can crack that code and make it so that they're able to emulate it on like a, a unified platform like a Master Collection Volume Two. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm I don't have a PS3 anymore, so I'm just kind of out of luck if I want to play that game. There's a bunch of them at the office if you want to like. I, I was I was looking for uh, a game the other day for a upcoming video that we've got because I wanted to get some B-roll, and I was like, I, it's got to be here somewhere. And then I found like a PS3, and I was like, okay. And then it was like another PS3 and another PS3. I was like, oh my god, guys. Um, I don't know but, if I've ever seen a PS3 in person. Like thinking about it, I mean, surely I have, but I've I have never played one. I didn't know anyone that had a PS3 growing up. I had an Xbox. They were expensive, man. They were they expensive. Were, that too, yeah. yeah. Like, my friend was really into, like, his dad had a PlayStation 1. And so he had this big collection of PS1 games that he would play all the time. And he went for PS1, they had a PS2, and then they got an Xbox 360. As I know many people did. But, like, I can't even picture it. I know it's real. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not know saying it's, it's like real. a big thing. I remember my getting my PS3. I had just graduated college and I bought a like a Black Friday deal at a Radio Shack, an Xbox 360 Elite, which was like the one with the bigger hard drive and it came with like two games. And I already had an Xbox 360, but I wanted to like have it because it was like a really really good deal and like i i was part of a a forum where you could like trade stuff with people and i traded it to somebody for a launch model with the backward compatibility of a ps3 and i think the two games that arrived oh god what were the it was it was a racing game and it was metal gear solid 4 those are the two games that they gave me and i remember i was so excited and i fired up I fired up the game and it was just like one of those, the backward compatible ones that were just like bricked. And I was just like, Oh, oh no. Oh, I so know. thankfully I was able to like, the person was not like a, a jerk about it. They were like, okay, well I still want to keep this Xbox 360. So can I just like send you money to like, as like I, I bought it from you and then you ship back the broken one. And I'm like, yeah, that works. And then I took That's that good, money and bought a, a brand new PS3, but it wasn't backward compatible. Yeah, I, I I have I bought me and my friend split a PlayStation 3 at launch because they were so expensive. I think they were six hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Five ninety nine, and um, with the intention of reselling it for a profit, um, and it didn't work. Uh, we couldn't find a, a buyer, so I just returned it. Um, uh, but I do I do still have the brick right that like it, it's not bricked but it's like they're giant it's huge it's like as big as the ps5 a backwards compatible ps3 which was like the launch only like there was this window of about a year where if you bought a ps3 it was backwards compatible uh and like that's like one of those things i have like in a closet that i'll just like never get rid of because it's like i i don't have anything else i can play like every playstation game you know one two and three so that the thing the the, the, the it's a nice thing to have I'm on eBay right now looking at like the limited edition uh <laughs> boxes of Metal Gear Solid 4 just so I can have it ready. Oh, at the at the ready. I think I might still have my copy actually if I think about it cuz that was one that I was I was such a Metal Gear fan. I was like I got to get this version and it's also you know through the years I will sell stuff and get rid of stuff and but that is one that I think I'll, I always look at on the shelf it's like eh, that's not going anywhere. I that's the only the only way to play that game is with the disc and the console at this point, you know. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, is it, it it'll make sense if I just do one, two, three, four, five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I played okay. them. I mean, 
Okay. If you're like, because I know there's like Peace Walker, there's yeah Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which is like a spinoff yeah, by Platinum. If you okay. if you're if you're pressed for time, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I kind of want to just see what's going on with Solid Snake and Raiden, right? After you finish two, you could skip to four if you wanted to. But isn't five? Isn't that Big Boss? Which is three? Is that okay, right? here we go. The timeline <laughs> is Metal Gear One, Metal Gear Top, Metal Gear Two on NES. You can skip those. Don't worry about those. Then it goes Metal Gear Solid Three. Then it goes Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. Then it goes Peace Walker. Then it goes Five. Then it goes Metal Gear Solid One, Two, Three, Four. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. One, two, four, five. So, I mean, you might as well just wait for the remake instead of uh, doing three, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, is that supposed to be this year? We don't. Who knows? Know. Yeah, there was a there was a <laughs> it appeared in a trailer of games that were coming this year, but I okay. wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. But yeah, Brian's right. Mm. I mean, unless three is a disaster, you could by the, and if you play one and two now, and then you could play the three remake maybe. And then also, you know, you were saying that it sounds like three doesn't work particularly well on Steam, so that might be the route yeah. to go. Yeah, maybe. We're finding solutions. Hmm. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> and everybody has to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, no I, one's going to complain like about Metal Gear. Gear talk. Metal Gear is the best. I love Metal Gear. It's, <laughs> it's like my favorite video game franchise, maybe. Wow. Zelda, Zelda, then Metal Gear, probably. <laughs> I was going to say, did you write a book about Metal Gear? <laughs> I could. I'm available. That's awesome. It'll just be me. Like, you know how uh, All Work and No Play makes Jack a dull boy? Is that what it, is that what it, yeah. it would be? It would be that. A dull but, boy? Like, this game's really fun. This is the best game. This game's really fun. <laughs> you should play this. Just me repeating myself over and over. <laughs> I love it. By the way, uh, going back to the codec thing. Yeah. I used to, as somebody who used to keep all the boxes for like his consoles and everything, like I had like my Xbox 360 and PS3 boxes and everything. Cause like if I moved or if I needed to take them somewhere, that was the best way to carry them. I eventually was like, there are way too many boxes uh, that only fit this very specific thing. I can just put them in a tub with some bubble wrap and it will work out just fine. I threw away, I cannot get rid of boxes of consoles fast enough. So I would be completely out of luck if I had that PlayStation Classic version. Well, oh yes. Yeah, the cla- yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say the Metal Gear Solid, it was in a jewel case. It, it, where, so you probably would have kept that to store. The yeah, case, yeah. I mean, yeah. if I get like a physical game, I'm keeping the box for that. But like console boxes, they are in the recycling bin as fast as I can get the console out of it. Yeah. Wow. I'm also looking at eBay. The U.S. got the worst box art possible of MGS4. As is usually the case when there are different. I I mean, that's why, Alex, when you and I visit Japan, we're always in those used game stores finding like our favorite games. It's like, oh, wow. The Ocarina of Time box art is so much cooler in Japan. It's just it's white, right? With the logo in red. Right. That's all it is. It doesn't have an Ocarina of Time. I'm like, no, it's not. No, no. It's just a picture of. (laughs) Of snake's face close up. Oh, really? Old man snake. I thought it was just a white in. box. Okay. Yeah, uh, there. I think that might be the bonus Blu-ray disc uh, that comes with. with Wait, some of them. are, I'm, are I'm you talking about? Right are now. you talking about the collection? No, no, no. I'm talking about MGS4. Oh, okay. Yes, I thought you were talking about the original Metal Gear Solid One box, which I think is just uh, white okay. with Metal Gear Solid tactical espionage. Oh yeah, it's that's, that's all it is. That's yeah. fire. Yeah, that's fire. Um, that's why I want to buy it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we've talked about Metal Gear long enough in the year no. 2024. Mm-mm. Bring it back. Let's uh, go. <laughs> I bet we'll probably talk about I, I, if I keep playing and I and I plan to. I'll, I'll, I'll play it, it if, if you know if it's for if it's for work. 
you know, like yeah. justify it. Char- I would love way. to talk to you about it, Charles. You know, yeah. Let's do a sp- let's do spoiled Metal Gear Solid one. <laughs> I kind of I kind of hope I hate it just because I think it'd be funny. Just to, <laughs> no, just to, just in front of Kyle. Just don't just tell to yeah, crush his yeah. a little bit. I'm I sure will I update you when I have either finished the game or started MGS two. Sweet. I, I hope you stick with it. I, yeah, they're short enough, especially one. I think it's yeah, like it's only hours. eleven hours. Yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. And the story is good. Like it's going to keep you going. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And Brian, when are uh, you going to start? I'm going to start Final Fantasy VII Rebirth when that comes in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shay, you've been playing Persona Three Reload. I know we've talked about it uh, on the show already, but we haven't had a chance to hear your thoughts. You're the person who reviewed the game for us. Yes, I uh, was playing it night and day for about two weeks got through it plus an extra and, hour every day right yeah. plus a 25th hour plus the dark the hour. dark hour <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> by the end of uh my playing that for several hours a day every single day and into the night uh every hour felt like the dark hour but no i i had a very good time with persona 3 reload so i got my start with the persona series uh way back when the vita launched and it had persona 4 golden and i was like everybody was singing the praises of this game like oh my god it's so good and i like turn-based rpgs so i bought persona 4 golden and then i started it and i was just like oh my god like just get to the action already because like it that opening is so slow and like i was I felt like I was reading a novel because like there was so much like exposition in the beginning and like very little action. And I'm like hour two, I'm just like, I'm just like reading constantly and I have no idea if I'm going to like the gameplay. I'm not invested in this story anyway. So I bounced off it and I was like, well, maybe the persona series just isn't for me. Then persona five rolled around and uh former game and former editor, Joe Juba reviewed it for us. And was like, it's amazing. You got to try it. So I'm like, all right, so I, I checked out the vault copy, uh, Game Informer, you know, we get, we used to have a, a robust vault of games that we could go check out. We, we still do. It's just a little bit more inaccessible at this point. And so I grabbed the vault copy of that and played it. And I was like, I'm obsessed with this game. And <laughs> I, I played it all the way to the end. I, I I feel like Kyle with Metal Gear Solid. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> so I remember I was like 80 hours in and I remember somebody else wanted to check out the vault copy and I was like, yeah, I'll just buy the game at this point. I'm, I'm enjoying it so much. I'll just buy a copy. And I gave the, the, I think it was like Matt Cotto wanted to play it. So I gave it to him and then I, I played it and beat it and I did so much stuff. I think my save file was like 114, 120 hours, something like that. Oh, so I, oh. I did a lot of stuff in that game. And then of course, Persona 5 Royal came out and uh i ended up being on the review for that and i i think that was like mid february 2020 that that came out so i was like okay well i'm just going to like devote all my time to this game and just pour all my hours into this like any free hours that i have i'm going to play this well into the night and i'll hang out with people after this game is out and my <laughs> review is done and then like two days or three days before embargo, COVID shut everything down. So I was oh, like no. social distancing before like everybody else was. <laughs> Dude, um, before it was cool. I was I was a trendsetter, obviously. You'll um, never see it coming. I never saw it Were coming. Were you patient zero? <laughs> I was not. No, because I was I was social distancing when everybody <laughs> else was getting infected at that point. So um, yeah, so like I, I loved it. It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It's probably my second favorite RPG of all time, Persona 5 Royal, uh, behind Final Fantasy X. And so I've and in the time since I have gone back, played Persona 4 Golden, absolutely love it. Um it's obviously like, like a finished bit, it. Like you played yeah, finished all, it, played oh, it all wow. the way through That's the impressive. end. 
cool. So I've now played Persona 5, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. And I've also uh, reviewed Persona 5 uh, Strikers, the, the spin-off sequel thing that they put out that was like Musou meets turn-based, uh, turn-based RPG stuff. So when, when they announced that Persona 3 Portable was coming to, to modern consoles, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to check that out because like I love Persona 4 Golden. I'm excited that that's coming to modern platforms. I had to like, buy a PlayStation TV in order to play Persona 4 Golden up on the TV because I didn't want to play it on my Vita at that point. So I ended up uh, buying Persona 4 Golden on Switch. So I just had it on a modern console and Persona 3 Portable because I really wanted to play Persona 3 because everybody was like, oh, Persona 3 is the best one. You need to check that one out. And I just could not get into it because it was so outdated by like today's standards. And I was like, I'll just wait for like, there has to be a remake or like maybe they'll put Persona 3 FES, which is like the upgraded console version because Persona 3 Portable was the PSP version. So there were a lot of technical concessions made for that. So it just felt really, really outdated and I couldn't get into it. And so I waited and waited and waited. And then they finally announced Persona 3 Reload and it, it was exactly what I wanted, which is Persona 5, but it's Persona 3, right? So it's like, all like the visually Persona 5, right? Yeah. Uh, controls, uh, all the mechanics are Persona Social 5. Social links have been updated. Social links okay. updated. So it, it really is like, you know, it's remaking this extremely important game in the Persona series. The game that established many of the conventions, but it's just, you know, it's an 18-year-old game. So it, it's an 18-year-old turn-based RPG. So it's very outdated by modern conventions. But they just took that structure... And updated it to be in line with their most recent 2020 release. And it feels great in that regard. The only downside, and I will I say this as somebody who absolutely loved this game. I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Gave it a Game Informer must-play badge. I think it is probably the second best entry in the Persona series. Like if, you, if somebody was like, I've never played Persona, which one should I play? I'll probably say Persona 5 Royal still. But Persona 3 Reload is a close second. The only reason it's not on par with that is it doesn't have the handcrafted dungeons that Persona 5 introduced to the series. And I understand it's a faithful remake of Persona 3, so it would be weird if they suddenly changed the structure. But like for people who've played Persona 5 or Persona 5 Royal, it's basically the, the, the main dungeons in Persona 3 Reload are essentially the equivalent of mementos in Persona 5, where it's like the procedurally generated floors and that's it like there's no like oh well this puzzle was obviously clearly designed with like this solution in mind and you're gonna have to do that in order to get to the next part of the dungeon it's not that there are sequences in the game that are handcrafted like in terms of like the the combat and dungeon crawling those are mostly relegated to like the boss adjacent areas and outside of that though you're just climbing seemingly endless tower floors of procedurally generated areas and that's kind of a bummer when you're like coming from Persona 5, but overall Persona 3 Reload still unbelievable. The cast is phenomenal. The story at first I was not into it, but the story picks up especially in the third act and you're like, "Okay, I am obsessed with this. I need to figure out like what's going on. I need to see it through to the end." I legitimately miss some of the characters in Persona 3 Reload <laughs> because I love that cast so much and like, you know, you're going on like hangouts with these characters and dates and like you're having a good time with them. So the social links being updated in the way that they are in Persona 5 uh, just feels so good. The combat is stellar. Uh, they they 
introduced like the the direct control which was not in the original version of persona 3 like you can now directly control your characters your your party members which you mm-hmm. know before it was like they were all controlled by the the computer and you just controlled your character and thankfully they have fixed that and or, or updated it in this remake um and you know they've adjusted little things here and there as well so overall very solid package i recommend seeing it through to the end i just wish that it had like the epilogue that was in Fess or the the female protagonist option in P3P. But outside of that, like it's it's a pretty peerless uh remake. Awesome. It's so weird that they didn't go out of their way to include those extras. I mean they've I, they haven't they I would have to s- bet there's gonna be another remake of it or like another re release of it. Yeah, I guess yeah, reload reload, reload, reload. plus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's a DLC thing. Maybe but like maybe. 'cause like they're being I know that like being the female protagonist again i have not played persona 3 portable but being the female protagonist i think does open different social links options and i, like I heard some it's of the actually surprisingly played. different yeah like it's more so different like, than you think it would be the same reason that i'm assuming that they gave for why there's not a switch version of this game because there is absolutely no reason that this could not run on switch is they were like yeah we wanted to make sure we focused on getting it right so i have a feeling like i mean if i had to guess i got no inside information if i had to guess it's probably going to be like some sort of like new package or like downloadable content that adds that other content like after the fact and also a switch version somewhere on the horizon but uh who knows like it's it just we're just lucky enough that it, it's we got this remake and also it's multi-platform because this is the first simultaneous launch um in persona history i believe like i think they've all been launched exclusively on playstation consoles to this point um at least in the mainline entries so to have this go on Xbox and PC at the same time is pretty substantial. And I mean, you know, that was predated by eventual releases of P3P, P4G, and P5R, which did come to to Switch and Xbox uh, late 2022, early 2023. So it hopefully bodes well for the future. Like Persona 6, maybe we'll get it launching on PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo simultaneously, but who knows? Well, thank you for diving into that, Shay. Um, I think we've reached the end of the show. Surprising. Are you asking us? Or <laughs> are you telling I, no, us? I'm, I'm just, it, <laughs> yeah, no, we've had a lot of long episodes. Yeah. We've had a lot of long ones recently, so it's nice to mix it up. Uh, but real quick, before we do get out of here, I do want to point everybody over to youtube.com slash Game Informer. Uh, if you're looking for our Apex Legends coverage, I've uh, got lots of NGTs going out, video reviews. It's a busy season for games, and we've got a lot of great videos over there. Uh, be sure to subscribe there if you haven't. Head over to twitch.tv slash Game Informer, where we stream every Friday at 2 p.m. Central and oftentimes throughout the week with other games as well. There's lots coming out. And, uh, you know, if you if you do miss the stream and you want to catch the archive, we upload those to our second YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Game Informer Shows. Just make sure you add the little at symbol before Game Informer Shows in the URL. Go listen to Brian Chase podcast, All Things Nintendo every friday uh and uh you know shout out to our podcast editor matt storm aka dj stormageddon they host a podcast called fun and games which is like a general gaming podcast as well as a more specific niche podcast called reignite which covers bioware games um so go and check those out listen to those and uh until next week next thursday have a good week everyone hope you uh, are enjoying all the games out. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya.